Welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast. I'm Sally DeFries hosting this week, and I have a very special guest with me, my husband, Will. What's up, Will? Hello. People are probably wondering why I'm here. The easy answer is that Brett is in Montana on vacation. The more difficult answer is that I lost a closest to the pin competition with Brett when we played ACC ahead of the Dell match play here in Austin, hosted by the generous PGA Tour. And uh, yeah, Brett, Brett stuck a little closer than me, and the, the loser had to do whatever the winner said, and he chose that I would take a mail-in off of his plate for a week, and he decided to employ that uh, technique for this week. Should I be offended that like that's one thing he didn't want to do, or do you think that was just like a make him feel better about missing. I don't think that it's that Brett doesn't like doing the mail-in. I think it's more that Brett knows that it's a tough ask to ask somebody just to host your podcast for you. Well, I mean, I am technically hosting. Yeah. um, Co-host podcast with you. A guest. Uh, But I am going to just put this out there that (laughs) I am now have a having appreciation for Brett because I come in every Wednesday and just like sit here and answer questions. I don't have to do shit. And like, I had to make the rundown today. I had to do the intro. Like there's a lot more work than goes into this just, than just like sitting down and talking. Well, we received- And you're going to do all the back end stuff. So like, I'm not even still doing most of it. So should I get paid for this episode? Sure. Is that what you're saying? Well, we got a, we got an email cut. earlier, Sally, that said that uh, you guys had two reads last week that were the reads of the month. So don't sell yourself too short. I, yeah, but again, Brett does most of the reads. And I just add color commentary. That's important. Some of the best one-two tandems in uh, like sports broadcasting, it's, it takes the color commentator to really bring the oomph and, and make it exciting for people. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to up my confidence maybe – Maybe I'll just start doing this on my own. Just doing solo mail-ins? Yeah. That's fine. I don't know what people would ask me that they're not asking other people. They ask you the exact same questions that they ask normally. Well, I, okay. I know. I'm just saying like I think they want two people's takes instead of like just my takes. I think this is a good exercise for you to get out of, you know, get out of breath shadow. Yeah. Well, you're probably wondering what the mail-in podcast is. Or you you might not be wondering it because you're listening to it right now, but we do our best to answer your questions, situations you may run into in your 20s or 30s, um, and we're here to help you, okay? Get a laugh and maybe, maybe walk away with something useful. And obviously today, you're going to get the, uh, the duo of the DeFreezes, the husband-wife duo. So hopefully, we can bring a different perspective than maybe Brett's like, 20-something attitude. That immature Brett. He's probably just day drinking right now in Whitefish, Montana. Maybe. I, I, it's hilarious to me. I, I, can I expose Brett a little bit? Sure, and then I'll, I'll get... Brett does this thing where before he goes on vacation, he asks people for recommendations for the place that he's going. Uh-huh. Normally, Brett is going to very classic post-grad places. Your San Diego's, your... Nashville's. Nashville's, wherever you go. And he gets just an absolute plethora of recommendations. It's hilarious seeing that when he, when he first put out his Whitefish Montana asking for recommendations, he got like no response, like hardly any responses at all. And he's still just asking for them every single opportunity he can get. Like Brett, like there might just not be that many recommendations that people want to give you for this place. I think Whitefish Montana is pretty tight. Though. Yeah, let's go. Okay. 
Um, how can you help us out? Tell a friend, send them a clip or segment that makes sense for their situation. Subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, but more, more importantly, hit up the hotline so you can ask questions. It's 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast. You ready to get into some questions? Let's do it. Well, all right. First question. This is a long one, so I'm going to try to go quick. Hey, y'all, wondering if you've ever felt super sad over realizing your friendships with people have changed. I have a couple of friends I met in college, I'm now 30, that I was absolute BFFs with up until COVID. Then life happened and things got busy for everyone. But I can't help but feel like a bad friend for not keeping in touch better. The other two stayed super close, and now one of them is getting married. I wasn't um, cited to go dress shopping which isn't the end of the world and obviously isn't about me, but it made me sad because I felt bad because I wish we were closer and that there was something I wish I could have been involved in. Again, I don't mean for this to sound selfish because I'm so excited for her and it's not about her for not inviting me. I just wish that we were closer and I'm sad because we aren't and that I can't enjoy that special moment with her. Any advice is helpful. Um, I think everyone goes through this in different stages of their life. Like, Every few years I feel this way. So like right when I graduated college, I was really sad because I was like, I'm not going to be around these people every single day like I was in college because we all moved apart, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, and then it was like the stage in my like late 20s when we all were in relationships and you were like, oh man, I like miss those days of like my single girlfriends, like us just bonding, like by going out and like being hung over together and whatever. And now I'm kind of in that stage where I'm like, man, I like really miss my friends just because well, I'm a parent now and having a kid like really takes it out of you. And also, you know, even though I feel like I'm doing things, I'm not really like being the best friend and like hanging out with all my friends as much as I want to. We but have I a kind kid of, now. well, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I feel like this happens in every stage of life. And a lot of the friends that you have that are your lifelong friends are friends that you can go without months without seeing and usually pick up right where you left off. And maybe your friendship isn't the exact same as it was when you were seeing them every single day. But that's just part of life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet today. That applies to this. Okay. I know you probably shouldn't use Twitter as like your therapy source. You could. But I saw a tweet today. I don't think it totally applies to the question that was asked, but I think it applies to people who might be a little more down bad when it comes to the friendship stuff. Yeah. This like The person who wrote in for this, like, I, I understand the concern here, but it's not the most down bad you could be. It's not like you didn't get invited to the wedding or something like right. that. It's just dress shopping. So like you still have that friend. I saw a tweet earlier today that said, if they're okay with not having you in their life, then you you need to be okay with not having them in your life. Now, it's not saying to get people out of your life, but like if people aren't hitting you up, people aren't calling you, then that's fine. Right. Like if you, want to, if you want them to be a part of your life, go reach out to them, go do that kind of thing. But if they're clearly okay with existing without hanging out with you, then maybe you need to rethink that relationship and be okay with them not doing it. Or you need to just rethink your scenario. Do you think that social media plays into this more because probably years ago when our parents were like moving on from friendships, they didn't have to like see somebody on social media, like yeah. living their life. Yes. They probably just thought like, Oh, I wonder what, you know, 
whatever is up to. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's sad when you realize like your best friend is not your best friend anymore because you just, because of circumstance that you don't see each other every day. And if you really think about, I think we've talked about this before, but think about like the people that your friends or your parents were best friends with. Likely they may have like one or two best friends from like growing up together, but like most of their friends were friends that were by circumstance. So like, uh, friends of that are, you know, parents of their kids' friends, or they live in the same neighborhood or they work together. Like that's just how friendships evolve. Like you, you go from being best friends with the kid in your class because you see that person every day. And then you have the best friends that you have in college because you probably live together. And then when you're in your mid to late twenties, early thirties, all of those friends are made on circumstance or your friendship spectrum like changes like maybe somebody's your best friend because the two of you are single and then somebody's your best friend because like their husband hangs out with your husband or they're your work best friend and they're the person you see probably the most more than any of your actual like friends you know so i think it's normal to grieve the change in that relationship but like you said it's not like you're losing the friend it's not like you're not invited to her wedding um obviously you want to be there for her special moment. But at the same time, like likely if you were getting married, would you be asking her to the dress shopping? You probably have friends that you're closer with now. I just think like, I think there's two ways to think about it. When it comes to me, I have two different mentalities. Am I sad because that friendship has gone by or am I sad because I'm no longer a go-to person for them? And that feeds my ego more if I'm not that go-to person for them to go hang out with. Yeah. Um, I've played this clip probably at least three times on the Sunday Scaries podcast. It was from an episode of Chef's Table with Francis mm-hmm. Melmon. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how he recently saw an old friend of his and they had a discussion about how they're not friends anymore. And he told his friend that, you know, honestly, sometimes I think that friendships uh, serve their purpose in life and sometimes people just grow apart and that's okay. You know, you might, those friends, uh, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not talking about anyone specific in your life, but let's just take the example that you gave of your friends in your late twenties of that you'd be hung over with and hang out with all the time. Like they serve their, they might've served their purpose in life. If you had that group of friends, they were, your going out friends. That's what you did. You were social with them. You did things, but did those people aid in, you know, um, feeding into your interest? Do those people push you to be a better person? Like, or are they just fun friends? I'm not talking about you specifically or your friends. I'm just talking for people that out there that might have that crew. They might just not be your forever friends. I've had a lot of people in life. I know who my forever friends are at this point because I've been friends with them forever and they're Mm -hmm. not going away. That's fine. We might not hit each other up all the time and that's, that sucks. But at the same time, everyone's lives are moving pretty fast. We've all gotten segmented off over the last few years because of COVID it's just been more difficult. And I feel like a lot of our friendships are much more circumstantial than they are uh, the way that we've bonded with certain people. And right. I think for me, it's kind of almost been uncomfortable getting back into it. I know that there's been a lot of studies done when it comes to uh, people having anxiety about getting back out there in life and mm-hmm. after COVID and stuff, just because it's it's kind of feels like you're starting anew sometimes. And I do feel that sometimes. And sometimes I get a little annoyed. I'm like, oh man, like can I get called for that tea time that my buddies are playing at right now? Can yeah. I just get hit up for that? And it's like, I should probably just plan a tea time and invite the people that I want to play with instead of bitching in my head that I didn't get invited to this random tea time that I never would have known about 
had I not seen them post an Instagram. Yeah. And so I just think a lot more stuff these days is like circumstantial and you can't really take it personally unless they're seriously doing something to slight you. Right. And in this case, I don't think this person is trying to slight you. They might have just had, you know, they might have just had a discussion with these people and they already had too many people on the on the list to go dress shopping. But right. like if they mean this much to you and they've kind of, you know, made you feel bad about yourself because you didn't get invited to go dress shopping, I think you just need to figure that out and hit them up and try to hit them up more. Yeah, right. I don't think this is worth confronting anything over, but I think if you want them to be the person in your life who would invite you to that kind of thing, you need to make sure that you're holding up your end of the bargain in that friendship too. And if you are trying to hold up that end of the bargain and it's still not working, then you just need to reassess the friendship. Right. That That's how I feel about it. But I don't know. I, I agree. I've experienced this before and I've talked to I've talked to my therapist about it before because it was something that bugged me and it was something that was difficult for me to digest because a lot of times in life, like your friendships are the most important things you have. So just like you just got to figure it out and what works for you, what feels good for you and make sure that you're not selling yourself short when you're doing it. That's all I got. I I think you nailed it. Should we hear from our friends over at Green Chef? Yeah. I have copy points in front of me right now. I'm going to get to them eventually, but I want to start off by saying that Sally and I went through an absolute run of making Green Chef meals. And after our free meals ran out, I looked at Sally and I said, Green Chef is the best food delivery service that I've ever experienced. Correct. And it's not close. Like it is, it is hands down the freshest stuff that I've had. Uh, the recipes, while they are, um, I'm going to call them involved, but not in a bad way. It takes, uh -huh. it takes, you know, it takes time in the kitchen to do it, but it's nothing that's too difficult for you. And every meal that we had from there Delightful. was really good, really fresh and really filling. And those are the three things that I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors help to make the most out of those long summer days. And Green Chef saves you time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. These are pre-measured and prepped ingredients that come straight to your door, leaving you with more time to savor the sunshine. These are premium and organic ingredients with seasonal produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients you can trust. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. They have great access to unique farm fresh ingredients like figs, dates, artichokes, plus sustainably sourced seafood. I've always been worried about seafood coming in the mail from these services. Green Chef knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Not sketchy seafood at all. And that is a huge compliment coming from me because I get sketched out by a lot you of seafood. You do get sketched out by seafood. Green Chef offers a, or they offer 24 always changing recipes to choose from for every week so you never get bored. Their expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy restaurant quality dishes at home without compromising on taste. Uh, they have a ton of different ones. We've done their steak and butternut squash salad, the green pea falafel with tahini, salmon, uh, all of it. It's we, I have I never had a meal from Green Chef that wasn't great. I have said this on a different read. <laughs> One time we were supposed to make enchiladas and Rosie, unfortunately, our dog, ate all the tortillas. We still made the enchiladas essentially in theory and made enchilada bowls. And they were still amazing. Yeah. Minus minus the, the tortillas. But even the – like, I mean, Rosie ate the tortillas and we had – I had one tortilla. They were good tortillas. And yeah. that's coming from people that live in Austin, Texas, where our tortillas are like world class. Correct. Go make it happen. Go try some yourself. Go get on the train like we are. Go to greenchef.com slash mail130 and use code mail130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Again, go to greenchef.com slash mail130 and use code mail130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. I'm not kidding when I say this. 
I love Green Chef. Same. What's our next question, Sal? All right, let's do the next one. Dear Sally and Will, I have been seeing this guy for a little while. Things are going well, and there is potential for things to progress further. At what point in the relationship do you make future plans that require a financial commitment? For example, going to a concert or a sporting event or maybe even a trip. What do you think, Will? I I mean, I want to clarify and Mm -hmm. say that I think that I am so far out of the dating world at this point that I can only speak to my personal experiences and not how I think the current dating landscape is. I think if we asked Randy over here, like what the deal is, he would have a much different take than I have because I'm just old. I've also been a pretty hopeless romantic my entire life and always preferred that my first dates would be a dinner. Right. I like sitting down and doing something. Okay. But I'm saying like how many weeks or months into it before you like – spend maybe $200 on Harry Styles tickets. So like a significant investment, not just going to like, you know, y'all out boy with Randy on a random right. Friday I'm night, talking, which would be a great day I'm for everyone out like there. I'm talking like a, a concert that's going to happen three months in advance and you bought tickets for oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. Or like a trip, like you're going to go to, you know, even if it's something like easy, like you can do... um like Fredericksburg or something close to Austin, but like an overnight stay where you have to plan ahead probably in the next couple months. So we're talking about the financial commitment and you are thinking ahead to the future at least several months in advance. So you're thinking you're going to be with that person. Is it weird of me to say that I kind of just want you to be in an actual relationship so you don't have to put it in quotations in your question before you go do this kind of thing? No, I... No, I think that's a great point. Like, I am not doing that with somebody until they're the, we've had like some sort of DTR, right? Like, defining the relationship, right? If if I'm not calling him my boyfriend, I'm not gonna like spend tickets, spend money on tickets. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> you and I had been talking on the phone for a month, and then met in person for several weeks before. I flew to Michigan to go to a wedding with you that you paid for. Yeah, but I wouldn't recommend people doing that. Like, I wouldn't recommend... That's not a smart move for a lot of people out there. It worked out for us, but like, I'm not going to tell people to go do that. I think people thought we were idiots. So like, I'm not going to go tell people to do that. Okay. I think going to an expensive... Like, I don't know. You could... With an expensive concert, you can always sell that ticket. If If they break up with you and they are done with you, you can always just be like, well, I'm taking the Harry Styles ticket and I'm calling it a day. If you're planning a trip and you don't have Southwest, you might be paying, you know, for a non-refundable ticket. You might be getting a hotel room that's non-refundable. You might not want to mess with that kind of thing. Right. Suddenly you're going on a solo vacation that you're paying for all yourself because the other person broke up with you. And so like going on a trip is different than getting like a ticketed event or doing something a little more outside the box. Right. Because a ticketed event, like a sporting event or a concert, something happens you can invite somebody else. Or scalp the tickets. Just Correct. call it a day. But like a trip, especially given like post-COVID travel and stuff, it's hard to like get things refunded. People have like ironclad, you know, cancellation policies. So you got to think about that in advance. I will say, I think you and I, as cliche as it sounds, like when you know, you just know. And so there's... I think when you're secure enough in somebody, like I feel like you and I never had a full define the relationship moment. Um, but we 
you know, I went with you to Michigan probably two months into us dating. And I'm counting like the six weeks that we were like talking and FaceTiming from afar. And then we went to Florida together like a few months into it. August 18th, 2015. Are you looking at the pictures right now? I just now? pulled up a photo of us in uh, on vacation together. Yeah. Because I needed, I wanted to know what the actual date was. So we so, started dating in like May and then we went to... We went to Florida. And we August. probably planned that, I bet, in June. And we'd been probably dating in person for like a month. Yeah. You got to wait a couple months before you can do this. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. I think it's different because I think you and I knew like immediately. Yeah. But there's other people like out there. we told each other we loved each other yeah, like a month in. There's people that go to, there's people that go on vacations with people randomly now all the time, I feel like. I feel like I've always heard of stories. I'm not going to add anybody, but I feel like I've heard stories of people being like, oh, yeah, I just going to Costa Rica with this person. I'm going yeah. to blah, blah, blah with this person. I'm going to Mexico with this person that I'm not really fully dating yet. What am I doing? This seems like a crazy move. But people are doing these things more and more, I feel like. Yeah. I would say for me, and I, I don't know that there's like an actual like week or month timeline. It's a it's more of a feeling of security in that person. So like, have you had a defined little relationship moment? Have you do you think you maybe love this person? Like, do you I'm talking trip only. Like concert you can you can book concert tickets or a sporting event even if it's like mildly out of town with somebody after dating them for a few weeks, I think. Be like, "Hey, are you interested in going to this?" you know? Mm -hmm. But a trip, I think is a little more commitment. But it's it's hard to define that time. Exactly what you said. It's like you and I knew. I I don't I, I don't want to give it like an actual amount of time. I think it's just a feeling. If you feel comfortable making that and you want to do it and they're down too, if you pitch the idea and they're wishy-washy about it, then like you need to think think this through. What about um being like asking someone to be your wedding date for a wedding that's like 6 months in the future? And you like you're like newly dating. I don't even think you bother asking them. I think you just, you just wait. I think like, you just wait and have them assume that they're going to be your wedding date. And if it, things go and south, then like by the time south. you RSVP, that's like six weeks out from the wedding, probably. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, but then what if they don't offer you a plus one because you're not official yet? Also, if you're not dating someone after that six months, they don't want to date you. So maybe don't go to the wedding with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think we should just go to the next. Yeah, one. let's go to the next one. Okay. Question for Sally, and I think, Will, this applies to you too. Everyone talks about the most rewarding, uplifting, and gratitude-ending aspects of being a mom. Tell me, what are the worst parts of being a husband-wife with a child in your late 20s onward? The honesty of this pod is its most rewarding and helpful aspect, and I really want to hear what you have to say. Uh, there are so many things that are really rewarding about being a parent, but there are also a lot of things that are really shitty. For instance... Uh, both of us are currently getting notifications that Fritz is definitely not napping right now. He's just totally having a party in his crib. Like, I'm actually looking at him on the monitor right now. Stop. Uh, because I keep getting notifications about it. And I already know that, like, this is just going to derail our entire night until he goes to bed because he is in this stage of, like, not wanting to sleep. So I feel like... The worst part for me is like the sleep aspect as somebody who loves to nap, loves to sleep. Uh, it was a really hard adjustment becoming a mom and 
the newborn stage really sucked because you're up every couple hours. But then like when Fritz doesn't sleep, either when we're traveling or um, like when he's going through a weird phase like he is now, it really, I feel like impacts my mood and energy levels. No comment. You don't have comments about that? Not not yours. Not your mood or energy levels. Okay. Um, <laughs> another thing that kind of sucks about being a parent is you lose a lose the ability to be completely spontaneous. Yeah. It like we are in, in the stage now where I do feel comfortable taking Fritz places, but if you and I want to have a random like date night or go to dinner. Like we did this last Friday. I happened to be able to get a babysitter, but like I texted some people at like 2 p.m. on Friday and thankfully someone responded by like five and we were in, able to go on a date. But like most of the time when we want to do something, I've got to have somebody lined up to watch him like in a week before at least. In the long term, like I, in the immediate like way or like in the immediate aftermath of having a child, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you feel and you experience and it feels weird. But in like, you know, now that we're over a year, the spontaneity thing and not being able to drop everything you're doing and just go enjoy yourself, that's that's one of the more difficult things for me. I, 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 don't, I don't miss going out. I don't miss going out to bars. I don't miss being in crowded bars. I don't miss just getting hammered with people. I don't really miss it at all. It's fun to do and sometimes, but like I don't really miss it. Um, I do miss the ability to be like, you know what? I'm kind of craving a beer right now. So instead of going to my refrigerator, I'm going to just call someone and go get a beer. Yeah. I miss that a lot because – and it's it's also more difficult too because like I don't want to just – I could go do that after he goes to sleep. Mm -hmm. But then I'm just leaving you and being just completely disregarding how I handle my relationship with you. And that right. makes me uncomfortable because if every – I mean obviously if every night you were doing it, that would be another problem. But I mean if you were doing that regularly where you're like, all right, he's in bed. I'm going to go out with some girls and go get a glass of wine. There would be a point where I'm like, okay, like, do you need to go out every night or right. like, you know, three nights a week to go get a glass of wine with them? But sometimes having the option to do that would be nice. The worst thing for me, hands down, the worst thing for me is, was getting a new routine. Yeah. And I think I made your life hell because of my grumpiness. And that, that was for sure the worst part. I like working. I, I, I'm probably in the minority. Like I obviously like working because I own like I own part of the company, and so like I wouldn't be doing what I do if I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like my schedule is pretty loose in general, and so like working was for me was always just kind of when I felt like it, and not necessarily a nine to five. And I've really had to crunch my time down into a nine to five, which is not something I ever want to do. Yeah, it's fine. I don't mind it. But if there's anything that comes up outside of that nine to five, it's really difficult for me to justify trying to get a babysitter and doing that kind of thing. And so settling into that routine was hard. And like yeah. I used to do a lot of work early in the morning. You're mm -hmm. a nurse, anesthetist. You go to work at the hospital at 6 a.m. some days. I enjoyed those days when I could get up at 6 a.m., make a cup of coffee, go sit in bed, work until I had to go to work and get my day started. I could also end my day early in that case. I can't do that kind of stuff now. When I get up, I'm on his time until I get to work. Then I'm on his time after work until he goes to bed. And then I finally have nothing to do. Yeah. Life used to be that you don't have anything to do when you wake up until you go to work. Now it's like I got shit to do until 7 o'clock. Right. And that's been the hardest part for me to, to figure out. I think I've 
figured it out at this point, or at least gotten to a place where we don't want to rip each other's heads off when we talk about it. But that's how I feel about it. I think one of the other worst parts for me is um, feeling all of these emotions that I used to not feel towards like baby animals, other babies, world events. I mean, I think being a mom. Like when that llama almost got sniped yesterday while we were watching those. uh, The great. Those Puma videos. Yeah. Like I, I felt bad for those little llamas. Yeah, but I also was like sad for the baby pumas who weren't going to be able to eat. Yeah. yeah, the empathy goes through the roof. Like I, irregular news, um, horrifying news, everything just affects me on another level now. And I used to be really able to detach myself. I think that that was a skill that I learned in the ICU. Um, like I could turn on the empathy, sympathy when I was with patients, but I was able to shut it off when I went home and like not think about it, um, which was helpful in having a work-life balance. It's really hard for me to do that now. I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. And it's the worst thing, but it's also the best thing because you're like feeling a lot of emotions for people. I think it makes you a more empathetic person. Um, but it it does take a toll. I mean, you'll like look over at me and I'll be like crying at an Instagram post about, I don't know, some like the Dodo video about like a mom and her baby kittens and like. Dude, I'll look <laughs> over at Sally sometimes. I'm talking to Randy here. Uh, I'll look over at Sally sometimes and uh, I'll be like, what are you what are you crying at right now? And she's on a GoFundMe for some random high school kid from a state that we've never been to before. And she's donated $100. And I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. We don't know this person. I understand it's sad, but like they're they're already 150% funded. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough out there with these postpartum emotions. Yeah, I mean, I the schedule and just kind of the – like for me, the hardest part, you're a type A person. Mm-hmm. I've already said the hardest part, so I can't say it's the hardest part. A difficult part for me too is that not being a type A person, not being a planner, not doing things in advance, not thinking in advance all the time, mm-hmm. it makes it really hard on me to do things that aren't family-driven because I'm not motivated uh, far enough out to plan certain things. So if I want to go play – golf on a weekend. Like if I don't have that tea time done and it's Thursday, I'm not playing golf that weekend. And that's another weekend where I can't go do something that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's been difficult for me to to force myself to plan those things out, to force myself to make plans with these different parties to make sure that if I go, if I have a free night where I can go get some drinks with some people or have dinner with some, some guy friends, it's different. It's like, I need to make sure I'm doing that a week in advance because that's how much advanced these people need when they have kids and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like some of my friendships have not fallen by the wayside because of this, but I feel like I'm not as close with a lot of people because of this. Yeah. And that's always, that's just been a hard part for me just because I'm not that way. And so having to change my thinking into thinking a week out thinking, you know, next weekend, am I going to want to go have maybe a guy's night and go do this? And I just never even do it. And so Mm -hmm. you get the gift of me sitting around the house playing FIFA and uh, watching whatever, soccer, watching highlight vids all day. Well, I do think that our next sponsor actually has really helped us. Wow. Post-bedtime post, post uh, bedtime routine. 
I'm talking about NordVPN. We're using it to watch Love Island UK. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know for the people out there who are like, "Why do I need a VPN? What, what's a VPN going to do for me?" Here's some. Here's a real world example. Let's say that you really like the show. I don't know, Love Island UK. Let's say that you can't wait for it to come out on Hulu when it finally comes out, and you want to watch it live. Because it comes out two weeks after yeah. the fact. You want to see it come out live, and so you, you you're you're on there, and you're like, "How can I watch this show?" You can make an ITV account, and you can try to watch it, but it's not going to let you do it because it says that you're in you're in a different country. It says you're in the United States, but you got to be a UK resident. So what do you do? You download the easy to use NordVPN where you can set your IP address to anywhere in the world. And suddenly you're just enjoying content from anywhere. Whether you're trying to watch content that's outside of the country or if you're outside of the country and you're just trying to watch something else, or maybe a game's blacked out that you want to watch, boom, download NordVPN, change your location, make it happen. This is a fat, it's a fast VPN you can confirm it by speed test. It's the fastest VPN out there and you can access this from anywhere. So don't miss your content from home or while traveling abroad. It just takes a click. You just open the map, you click a location and you'll be connected in seconds. It's that easy. Uh, it's a platform. If, if it's not available in your country, you can simply change your virtual location. It is so easy. Uh, they also, I mean, the bandwidth here, it just works. It encrypts all traffic and your internet service provider can't slow down your streaming speed. Can't speak to that high enough because we're not going to be the buffering crew, okay, while Love Island's happening. No. I need to be watching it real time. Well, not real real time because, like, I'm not going to get up six hours earlier to watch it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. You're trying to watch it on demand the same day, day it came out. Day of. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash mailinpod and use code mailinpod to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus free threat protection, plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, get a huge discount off your NordVPN, plus free threat protection, plus one additional month for free by going to nordvpn.com slash mailinpod with code mailinpod. And we've put all this information in the description of this episode for you. Easy peasy. All right, next question. Hey, Will and Sally, I plan on proposing to my girlfriend this summer and want to talk to her dad um, to get his blessing first. My plan is to take him golfing and do it then. What's the move here? Do I drop the news midway through the round or maybe over a beer after we finish? I want to make the conversation casual, but I also don't want to catch him too off guard. Thanks in advance. This is and then the second part of this question was not actually written by this guy, but they kind of go together. Do I need to take the ring with me when I go across the country to ask my girlfriend's dad for his blessing or can I just show him a picture of it? I will be traveling with my girlfriend. And I don't want her to find it. Don't travel with your ring. Yeah, that one's easy. Do not travel with it. One, because you don't want to risk losing it. And two, you don't want her to find it. Picture's totally fine. Yeah. He doesn't you he doesn't need to sign off on the ring anyway. You don't even have to show him a picture of the ring. Yeah. Like and to be honest, if there's one person that wants to see the ring, it's gonna either be if she has any sisters or a mom. If right. the, if the dad cares that much about the ring, like he's an he's he's an outlier for most dads. Right. You're when I when I asked your dad. The ring wasn't even a que like we didn't. I don't even think we talked about it. I probably said what I did for it, but we, right. it was never even a thing. Yeah. Do you want me to answer this? Yes, that's why I added this question in. Um. Let's operate under the assumption that he doesn't play golf often with his father, future father-in-law. Okay. Potentially. Okay. He's going to know something's up if you're inviting him to go play golf. Right. You're saying like because they don't play like weekly or something like yeah, that. Yeah. If, if you are playing all the time with him, 
Can I have your water? Mm -hmm. <laughs> My throat is just going crazy right He's now. He's just so nervous talking about proposals. Back in the game. Okay. Wow. So if you're playing with him all the time, he's not going to think something's up. You can wait till the end of the round. You, you're going to play like shit if you wait. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be worried. Like if you're not nervous or worried, you're stronger than me. It was very nerve wracking having okay. that conversation. See, this is why I needed a guy, you to answer this. If you, I honestly, I think, I don't think this would be the most common answer, but I think that you drop it very early in the round. And I think that that allows you to have the conversations. He can ask you questions on the course, especially if you're playing alone and not with two other people. You guys can have that entire round to bond over the fact that you want to marry his daughter. I think that would be a very endearing thing. And I think that it would get the nerves off of you before waiting till the end of the round. And I think that it would open up a different way to have that conversation. There's a person in my life who asked someone's dad to marry them. And he said that after he asked that question, it was the first time in life that he felt like his then now future father-in-law, he said it was the first time that he had ever talked to him and felt like he was talking to a son. And that was like very nice. I think that you'd try to do it early in the round, maybe after a birdie, <laughs> not after a triple, not after, you know, not after he just shanks one out of bounds. Find a good time to do it. Yeah, not during his backswing. If you guys are waiting on the group in front of you, just be like, you know what? No, we got some time. Yeah. What if I run a question by you? And just Maybe do it. Maybe when the car girl comes by, you grab him a little cocktail. Yeah. But don't do it before the round. Just yeah. like get get out there away from everybody. Find maybe if there's a picturesque Cole, maybe you do it there. Maybe every single a little proposal action. Well, every single every single course has their, you know, signature hole. And mm -hmm. if you can do it at a place that you guys are, you know, fond of, then why not just go do it there? You all have always have the memory that you went to this picturesque call at this beautiful golf course and you got to ask your dad to marry if you could marry his daughter. Mm -hmm. But I understand why you'd wait till the end. I mean, can I can I speak about what Drew did? Our, my brother-in-law? Yeah. He he just took uh, your dad out to the driving range and just had that conversation there. And I think they had a drink after and they talked about it. Yeah. Um. What did you, what did you do? You went to. Mine. I called him on the phone and scheduled the dinner with him, and he knew the second I called him because I I don't think I'd ever called him before that something was up, and yeah, he was very nice and said, yeah, how does Wednesday work for dinner? And I said, all right, let's do Wednesday dinner. Yeah, you weren't in town though, so it made my life a little bit easier because I didn't really have to sneak around too much. You were mm -hmm. living in Tulsa at the time, but it was nerve. It was no, nerve wracking. I didn't move to Tulsa till after we got. Engaged. You weren't there. You weren't in town. I think I was. Maybe you were. I don't know. I think you had to find hide your fine friend's location from me. I think I maybe I actually I think I might have made up that we were meeting with like an ad sponsor or something. I think you did. I said we were going to Matt's to entertain them. Shouts to the Sonic Girls that I probably lied lied using them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th I don't I think midway through the round is probably better. And if you want to wait till after, if your, your nerves aren't getting to you, then do that. But it's not worth going out there and being nervous the entire round when you could honestly just talk about how awesome his daughter is and how excited you are to marry them. Mm hmm. Like you can also have the conversation of like, you know, when you might try to do it, um, whatever. He might have a lot of questions for you and you would rather answer those questions out in the middle of nowhere on a golf course than sitting in a bar with other people listening. Yeah. So just, I think you just try to get it out of the way and be as positive as you can about it because I think those nerves are not worth it. Perfect. Sorry. That's all I got. Sorry. I didn't really have anything to add to that. I don't know enough about golf or asking somebody for their permission to marry someone else so i think you were the perfect person for that are you ready for this voicemail yes let's do the voicemail okay 
What's going on? Jake here from Missouri. Um, pretty, uh, pretty interesting topic here or question rather. Um, so about four months ago, I started a new, a new job, um, about two and a half hours away from my girlfriend. And, um, I you know, made the mistake of being a little too friendly with a coworker. Um, problems are resolved within the workplace, but my girlfriend says she cannot move forward unless I quit that job um, and move back in with her. Um, if she, she gave me the ultimatum, it's either the, it's either the job or it's her. Um, does she have the right to do that? And if so, what do you think I should do? Um, kind of just like, kind of just like a last ditch effort to, you know, find, find an answer. So, uh, love you guys. Thanks. This guy's in a pickle. Slight pickle here. Um, okay. A couple things for Jake. I don't know. For me, this kind of matters with too friendly with a coworker. If we're talking about cheating, uh, there's a totally different answer I have. I mean, both of them, I think. How are we going to proceed with this? He was too friendly with a coworker. Are we assuming that he was flirtatious? He was maybe sending some texts? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Or did he actually cheat? Or did he cheat? All of those, um, to me, signal break up with your girlfriend. And here's why. Whether you something physically happened or emotional cheating or just you were flirtatious with a coworker and she is jealous, your the relationship is not secure enough to be living two and a half hours away from her. So personally, I think that that level of either trust issues because you may have like had a work wife or legitimately you cheated on her, uh, to me, I'm like, you don't need to be with this with your girlfriend. Like y'all probably don't need to be together. This is probably a good time to like separate your ways. I think she has the, I guess technically, yes, she has the right to ask that of you. I understand why she feels that way, but I think if both of you were honest with yourselves, maybe she would realize like, Hey, a guy who moves away from me without like asking me to come with him or then cheats on me, maybe doesn't care about me or wants to, or doesn't see a future with me. And honestly, Jake, the fact that you called into Millen, I appreciate it. But if you really didn't know immediately, like, oh, I want to be with her, I'm going to move back or like then to me, that just answers your own question. Yeah, Jake, I'm not telling you to break up with her, but I am telling you that. Do you think? Like, she's well within her rights to to give him an ultimatum. Yeah. She is well within her rights. I'm not saying she is right. I'm not saying it's just. I'm not saying it's correct. She is well within her rights to say that she deserves someone who's not going to get a little too friendly with a coworker two and a half hours away. Correct. That's fine if she holds herself to that standard. I would hope that she does. Correct. Uh, that being said, you are under no obligation required to go move back. And I don't think you should. It sounds like if this job was good enough to take you away from her, mm -hmm. it's good enough to keep you there. And if you guys are not in a steady enough relationship that she doesn't have any plans to move closer to you instead of you having to quit your job to move back to her, that, uh, what, are your, what are the priorities here? Well, and my exactly what you said. Like if you moved away from her and there was 
you know, if you had a future with this girl, A, you wouldn't have cheated on her or had a whatever situation happened with the coworker. And B or two, I don't I don't know if I started with one or A. Uh <laughs> If she would have made this ultimatum and like you knew that you fucked up and you wanted to be with her, you would have already moved back. That's fair. Correct? Yeah. I mean, I Sorry, Jake. You I know Jake made a mistake girlfriend. and I'm not I'm not going to be too hard on him for this mistake that he clearly made because I'm sure he's been hard enough on himself. He's writing into the mail and to, you know, figure this out. Uh -huh. He's down bad a little bit. Maybe not down the worst, but he's down a little bad. But again, if if she She's allowed to make this call, but you're under no obligation to think that it's the right move just because that's what she wants. Correct. Shouts to Jake in Missouri, though. Yeah. All right. You ready for the final question? Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is a doozy. I thought of I, – I just read the question, and I'm not going to lie. I almost had this conversation with Dave earlier when he and I were driving back from lunch. Okay. I'll explain after. Here we go. Is it a weird move to brush your teeth at the office? I hate having coffee breath, and I don't want my coworkers to think I'm a serial killer. Is it weird to brush your teeth at work? I'm going to say no. Um, I have actually started doing this move after lunch, um, mostly because one of the surgery centers I work at in the bathroom, like they have like all of these like amenities. So they've got, you know, like, deodorant and tampons, the normal shit that you would find, but they have like, um, toothbrushes and toothpaste, like the little ones you get at the dentist. And I was there one day and I was having lunch and then I came in to go to the bathroom and I was like, Oh my God, I want to brush my teeth. Like what a refreshing, like, don't use a single use toothbrush for this. No, I, well, it was like one of the ones that as a travel toothbrush, so I ended up keeping it and my little tooth of tooth tube of toothpaste. Okay. Now I keep it in my work bag. Okay. I'm just saying, don't, be a, I'm not, I'm be not a sustainable single, queen. I'm not doing single-use plastics here. I'm saying that they had like, you know, they don't have like freaking Sonicares in there. And they have toothbrushes for people to take. And or brushes, Code Scaries, you know? Yeah. But they're not having that as a communal brush for everyone to use. They had like, I took a travel toothbrush and some a little packet of Crest and brushed my teeth. It felt great. So... I will say this though. I don't really trust, I don't want to like drink the faucet water. So I used, uh, I would have got a cup of water and like swish my mouth out with that. An old coworker of mine used to brush his teeth every day at lunch. Some of you might know him as producer Micah, Michael Weiner, this screams Orchage Micah, Micah the power plant, yeah. Mickey Weens, Mickey Bang okay, Bangs. We don't... He's that guy. He's got that dog in him. Okay, just talk about uh, And so Micah is well known for brushing his teeth at Grand X. And he got a lot of flack for it. And a lot of that flack was probably coming from my, my area of the bullpen at my desk. I used to give him shit for it all the time. That being said, I was always jealous of his minty fresh breath after lunch every day. You the know one issue that I had teeth. is, and this is why people think that you're a weirdo, is if you keep, or a serial killer as they put it. If you keep your toothbrush on your desk, that is a psychotic move. That is gross. Well, yeah. There are too many germs flying around the office. People don't need to see your toothbrush. But where do you put your toothbrush? Well, I have a work bag that I keep it in. Okay. But a you have travel, to get a toothbrush case, like a travel case? I shit? have a travel toothbrush, so it's one of the ones that like flips into itself, you know? Um, and then a little tube of toothpaste. I think that's the way to go, and I agree with you. You're not keeping it in the work bathroom. Okay, gross. You're not 
you're not like keeping it on your desk, but I think you could even like put the toothbrush in a case and keep it in your lunch bag or something. Okay. So what do you do when you're in a communal bathroom at work and somebody walks in and you're brushing your teeth? I I don't think anything of that. I know a girl at work who has adult braces and she would always brush her teeth and she actually kept all of it in like a little like stasher bag, like one of those reusable Ziploc bags, like the toothpaste, the whatever, a little mouthwash. She's brushing her teeth. I don't think anything of it. And then, and she had like a paper towel laid out on the counter with like her stuff on it. So she didn't have to like. Can I give a special shout out real quick? Mm-hmm. I want to give a special shout out to all y'all out there who are getting adult braces. Yeah. You're the, you're the bravest. You are the bravest. I love that you guys are taking taking your adult life and using it to to get straighter teeth and to taking care of that because it's obviously something that means something to you. Yeah. It, it takes a lot for someone to finally say, you know what? Fuck it. Get an adult I'm brace. getting adult braces. You guys are braver than me. I don't think I could do it at this age. Here's what's unacceptable. It is not, not acceptable, in my opinion, to be flossing. Okay. I, I stand a flossing. Okay. We all should be flossing. My mouth feels amazing when I floss. But if I walk in and you're full blown flossing your teeth in the work bathroom, that is weird to me. I you brush can, You can keep floss in your thing and you can yeah. use it if you need to. Like if you get, you had an everything bagel because someone brought some into the break room and you got to go floss some of that stuff out. By all means, go do that. Well, you can't just be flossing every day. Yeah. Like if your if your work bathroom has little splash marks on the mirror from your flossing and stuff, then you've gone too far. You, if you're bleeding from your gums because you're flossing and then, I mean, hopefully you're not, because obviously you care about your dental health enough to like floss and not be bleeding all the time. Uh, keep the flossing for your nighttime tooth brushing. Okay. But like we brush away. I don't think you're a psychopath. I think this is smart and healthy for your for your teeth and gums. But like, don't be gross. Don't clean up after yourself too. If you're brushing your teeth and like you spit out the toothpaste in the sink, make sure that you like make sure all that your saliva and toothpaste goes down the sink and it's not just like stuck to the side. This is a this is a public place. I stand people brushing their teeth at work. Are you going to start doing it? No. Okay. <laughs> but y'all got to be discreet about it. That's all, that's the only requirement. Just be discreet one time. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just grossing everybody out and people are talking behind your back. Yeah. Or if you work at Grand X, we're saying it directly to your face every single day. Like just go get a travel pack. Go get a yeah, go get a get go a get a thing. Pack. Clean it out once a week. You know, make sure you're you're doing it in the most clean way possible because otherwise you are gonna weird people out. And I it's I don't think it's necessarily just that you weird people out, but again, brushing your teeth is a very personal experience. It does not need to be done in front of other people. Just make sure that you have a, a place to put all your things and you'll be just fine. Okay. So that concludes all the questions. Do you have any shower thoughts, Will? Uh, I thought of a shower thought last night when I was showering because that's where you think of shower thoughts. Wow. The issue is that I think I forgot my shower thought. And now I'm really bummed about it because I remember thinking this is the best shower thought that I've had. Yeah, I I always forget my shower thoughts. Like every time Brett asks me, I'm like, I have none. But here's a thought that I had. And this wasn't even in the shower. This was last night as we're watching the the National Parks documentary thing with Barack Obama. Yeah. How tight 
would it be to be a wildlife videographer? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you think that they have like stressful parts of their job? Like, yeah. what, are, what are the stressful parts of their job? Like not getting the shot or like possibly being mauled by like a big cat? I think the worst part of the wildlife photographer's job is the waiting. A lot of the time, these people have to wait out there for hours on end for something to happen. Right. And I think that gets very boring. It's also probably pretty pressure filled if something happens and you weren't ready for it. Because right. as we know, you're trying to catch stuff on these nature documentaries that is remarkable. And if you miss something that happened that was remarkable, you kind of know that you're going to have to wait around for a lot longer and figure this out. And I think that would be a stressful part. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be a good job, I guess. But like, I I also feel like it's 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 not a job that's like, you know, I don't know if you're like living good. I feel like you're on the road a lot. Well, yeah, but you're like in all these like beautiful. You're going to like Namibia and just chilling out. And you're like in like the Chilean Patagonia and just like, like filming condors. Okay. Does that sound? Is that something you want to do? Like, I don't know. Are you, I mean, like, go, I'm are you saying, asking me to take you on a vacation to Patagonia to look at condors? No. I mean, yes, but like, I guess every every career, like the grass is always greener when you're doing something else. But like, what a great way to travel to like really remote, cool locations and like see really awesome shit that like most of the population doesn't get to see until like the documentary comes out. I don't know. Like, are people like? waiting that long like oh i need to see this condor content from patagonia i just am saying that like i was just in awe last night you literally asked me if i took an early bird and i did not i was just so hyped on the nature you were so hyped on it that i thought you were just like stoned out of your mind from I an early not. bird or something i was, I was just like, very excited about like the pumas and like the the beauty of the Patagonia and like what they're doing for wildlife in these national parks i mean it's just impressive that's my shower thought. I have a shower thought, but it's not the one that I thought of last night. Okay. So I've been, I've told both Dave and Dylan in the office today that how excited I am to go to bed tonight because Sally took advantage of a Memorial Day weekend sale and I bought did. us a new comforter and new pillows. And so it legitimately feels like we have a hotel bed now. It's the closest the we've ever come. The comforter is so comfortable. Yeah. So my question is why, why don't, why don't more hotels just sell the direct things that they have? I think some do. Like I know that uh, I don't know. I don't remember the name of, or I don't remember the line of hotels, but I can do it with a quick Google search. Um, I feel like Hilton or something. Those so Weston. Weston Weston hotels do the heavenly bed, and I know mm. that you can buy that kind of stuff from Weston. Mm -hmm. But like, why don't we all want the feel of being in like well, a nice bougie hotel bed? Because some of them just bed? use. It's not like they have their own proprietary thing. Like okay, they so why use, don't they make it? Why don't they private label this stuff and have comforters that say blah, blah, blah hotel on it? Let's because do they're this. like using other linens places and stuff. Like if I were a linen place or a bedding place, I would want my shit to be in a hotel so that you can tout that. And then people, that's like people are buying it because I'm sure that there are companies that do that. Yeah. All I'm saying is uh, it took us a long time to sort out exactly what we needed in order to have a, a, a bed that feels like we're at a luxurious hotel. You finally figured it out and I'm glad that we did it on sale and we didn't just like start buying stuff. Yeah. But I feel like there should be an easier process here. There should be a website where you can say like, oh, I stayed at this hotel. What do they have? 
idea. It's like the app idea for like bathroom, like finding bathrooms in cities and stuff. Like, no, I just, I need a a website where I can filter by city and by hotel and see what kind of products they have at those hotels. I'm sure that if you called the hotel and asked, they would just tell you exactly what they had. I don't want to do that. I want want someone to build me a very savvy website that is, takes a lot of development time and I want them to figure that out from there. Well, call up the Silicon Valley peeps and let them know. That's that you want that in an app. Pied Piper guys. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to conclude the mail-in this week with Sally and Will. Make sure you subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend. Don't forget to hit up the hotline. That's 888-362-MAIL, 888-362-6245. And you can write in at the link of the Twitter bio, at mail-in podcast. Will, where can the people find you? At Lad Football Bruv. Right now, the name says Ladford. F. Brovington, that's me. Um, that is my that is my soccer feed. It's my burner for Love Island stuff at this point. It's essentially my cosplay that I'm doing of British culture. <laughs> what are your other accounts? That's the that's the only one I have. You don't want to plug Sunday Scaries. You can or... go listen to Sunday Scaries too, I guess. You can listen to Circling Back. Ladford F. Brovington. Yeah. You heard it here first. Okay. Yep. And I am Sally DeFreeze. You can find me at Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. You going to play this out? Yep. Okay. Bye. <laughs>